up, guys? My name's Matthew. Christian here. What's going on, everyone? This is Racing Through Life. It's a podcast hosted by Open Race. And Open Race is a real-time virtual running app looking to connect and motivate runners as well as help event organizers increase revenue, reach a larger audience, and provide a more real-time virtual race. And yeah, this is Racing Through Life. We're trying to brand ourselves more than just, you know, an app, an app company. So we want to be um, really connecting with the running industry, something that we find, you know, um, the running industry doesn't get a people don't have as many eyes on it as other kind of top sports. So we're really trying to take a deep dive here on, you know, event organizers, running coaches, and especially athletes. Another great athlete on today's podcast, Devin Williams, an absolute specimen of an athlete, the Catholic training for the 2021 Olympic trials. Um, it's a brother. Great, it's a yeah. good one. Brother of uh, Kendall Williams. Who we also had on. Who we had on. Yep. Um, and she and her brother are actually hopefully going to be the first brother sister duel duo to, be to compete in the Olympics, Olympics yeah, never done in the same event in the set the big that's the Astros there so the uh, they actually won the NCAA championships yep. in the same event in the same year and that's called what we found out to be the sibling sweep see yeah the sibling <laughs> sweep that was that was new to me that was yeah. new in the vocabulary for me today yeah so welcome Devin Williams fantastic let's go yeah all right there we go all right now we're rolling okay beauty awesome <laughs> how's your day been so far Pretty good. I just uh, got back from practice not too long ago and just been chilling out, watching some TV. Nice, nice. Is that kind of how your uh, typical day goes? Like practice in the morning and then hang out in the afternoon? Uh, not typically. Well, today today was kind of a, a recovery week. It's a recovery week for us, so today was pretty easy. Um, typically, we would have practice in the morning, and then after practice, I would go meet with uh, my physio and have a session with him for about an hour and a half. Um, and then depending on the day, I might have a massage scheduled. So just different stuff. Um, and I try to eat in between those events that I have scheduled. So yeah. it's a lot of planning and uh, just kind of planning out my week um, at the beginning of the week and set up all my appointments that I need to hit. Wow. Nice. So quick, just question right off, right off the bat. So for a diet, for a decathlete, what's the – um, how specific are you with your diet? Do you follow a strict kind of routine sort of thing or do you ever get like a nice little cheat snack in there? <laughs> yeah, of course. Got to get a cheat snack. <laughs> What's the go-to? My go-to is, well, okay. After every competition, my first meal that I need is a pizza. A large okay. pizza. Okay, from where? And what toppings? That's important. Um, I think it depends on what city I'm in. So if there's like a good pizza spot in a specific city, I might try that. Um, but if I'm like in Athens, I might just get like, um, Papa John's pizza, uh, barbecue chicken. Nice. Good. good. I like that answer. That's a (laughs) solid answer. That's an underrated topic. Chicken, barbecue chicken on pizza. That's under, that's a good answer. Very underrated. And you got to have the barbecue sauce instead of the marinara sauce. You need barbecue sauce. Yes. That's the best answer. That's the best (laughs) answer we've heard. I think that's the first time you've heard someone else that likes you like that. I like that. I get that, but only if I'm going like pizza, pizza. I like the pizza, pizza, barbecue chicken, and with the sauce on top. It's. I feel like barbecue chicken pizza from anywhere is gonna hit. Really, I've only gotten it from like the fast, like the fast fast food foods. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like the barbecue chicken pizzas. (laughs) I'm gonna start getting more of it now. Was that uh, was that a routine since like early age or just since like big competitions? Uh, I forget what year in college I started doing that, but I started in college. Okay. So whenever we would just finish, I would just try to get a large pizza uh, <laughs> and just eat it. Yeah, if I was in <laughs> Athens, I would just eat it in my dorm. Or if I'm at a meet somewhere else, like out of state, I would just eat it in my hotel room. Solid. That's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And when you're not uh, winning competitions and your pizza, what are you doing like prior to that, like diet-wise? Um, are you on like a strict diet in that sense? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say strict. I try to eat, make sure I eat lean meats yeah. and get a lot of protein. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also get a lot of carbs from like pastas or rice, um, bread sometimes. But um, I just try to have a good balance of protein and carbs. Yeah. But I don't really, I've never really been into, um, you know, counting calories and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I just kind of go off how my body feels. And I just try to eat as much as I'm pretty much used to eating before a competition or a practice because I know that I know how much I'm going to burn. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to fuel for that and then 
afterwards, I know how I feel after that. So I just try to eat until I, my body feels right again. Solid. Awesome. Yeah. That's uh nutrition is a very underrated thing that people just uh, kind of get into when they're older. Yeah. And it's yeah. good to kind of get into that when you're younger to keep your body right. Cause you're, you're very, the diet's very lax when you're younger and, uh, Oh, you could yeah. probably be so much better when you're younger if you're not just munching on like McDonald's uh, for lunch whenever you, you feel you like want, it. Man. Yeah. You come home from lunch yeah. from high school and just get pizzas all the time. Seven Eleven. Seriously, man. Also, going off of what you said, like um, a lot of people also downplay the importance of getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that I try to. Yeah, that's another thing I try to pay attention to is making sure I get at least eight hours every night. Or I would say at least like seven hours, but I shoot for eight every night. And, um, you know, whenever I can take a nap, I try to get a nap also because naps are really beneficial too. Um, so just kind of those things that I recognize that not many people pay really close attention to. I try to make sure I pay attention to, you know, the food I eat, my recovery process, getting enough sleep and all that kind of stuff. In, in regards to sleep, like it, for me, I can tell, like, let's say I had like, I, I think seven's my sweet spot too, like seven and a half, so like eight kind of, if I get like anything less than seven, if I get like six, I feel like I notice, I noticeably feel horrible the next day. Is that like yeah. for training wise, you probably feel the same, like waking up for like a morning lift. You're like, it's something's off. It's probably if you don't get enough sleep. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had that same feeling, but then I try to fill it in with something else so i'll try to like get some extra energy i might take like a not i'm not a big energy drink person but i might mm -hmm. drink like a um like an energy boost type of thing um uh, or like a pre-workout yeah. yeah so but i do notice like if i get less than you know my seven eight hours a night i wake up kind of first of all it'll be hard for me to wake up yeah that's yeah. the first part yeah because i still be sleepy so um usually when i get less than seven eight hours i, I wake up pretty sleepy but then i try to just take like a some type of energy boost and and do what I have to do and then try to uh you can't really make up overnight sleep but I'll still try to take a nap that day at some point mm -hmm. okay yeah that's a good um I guess substitute that's something I do as well where if I don't get enough sleep and we like work out in the morning pre-workout wakes me up gets me going throughout the day but uh like it's just getting out of bed <laughs> which is the oh, hard part dude, you have <laughs> no I like when you want to talk about someone that won't get out of bed, how many times, like, so, he'll, like, he'll pick me up, like, we'll carpool to work, and he'll be, like, 9, today, 9.15, text him, yo, what's going on, dude? It's, like, 9.40 we're at right now. Like, what's happening? You good? And then he's, like, he just says, one, he responds, dude, went back to sleep. I'll be there in 30. Like, it's, like, whole, yeah. I could have had a workout. I could have had no, a workout. Not today. You I could have okay. had a workout today. <laughs> Brutal. You know, kind of the same way like even me like I'm not a morning person and mm -hmm. even when I get my seven eight hours and even more hours of sleep like it'll still be hard for me to get out of bed but um I still take like five or ten minutes like sitting on my phone or whatever waking up and then I'll finally get up but yeah I'm not much of a morning person either yeah any techniques that you've had that works for that like you hear your alarm and you get up at least five to ten minutes later and don't turn it off and go back to sleep for another hour well, for me, I set two alarms. So I set okay. one alarm for the time that I'm trying to get up at, but then I'll set another one five minutes later in case I fall back asleep. But lately I've been kind of getting up on the second alarm. So like I'll turn my first alarm off and then I'll be like, all right, I got five more minutes to sleep. And then my second alarm will go off and then I'm like, all right, now it's time to actually get up. Okay, yeah. It's pretty normal. It's, uh, it's pretty normal. Like you, you, how many do you have? Eight? Well, this morning I put my phone in the washroom too. And, and I had you to get up. <laughs> you even got out of bed and you went back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know people with like tons of alarms, but yeah, I just try to limit it to two. It's honestly <laughs> just like a mindset. I never get up. Yeah, it's just a mindset. You just have to get in a routine, honestly. That's the biggest thing. Like if you get in a routine and you, you can probably just start waking up without an alarm. 21 days. It's yeah. signed. I'm pretty sure it's like scientifically proven. If you do something for 21 days straight, it's like a part. And then the next, like, let's say the 22nd day, you didn't do that. You would feel like something was off. Like something out of my routine was off. So if you did 21 days, like getting up early, you'd be yeah, like heard the 22nd too. day, you'd be like, yeah, something's off. Yeah, you know? I've heard that. For makes like, a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of. I heard. I heard something like that too. Also, but that makes a lot of sense because sometimes I'll wake up like if I'm sleeping in until if my alarm's usually set for eight o'clock, but then I set my alarm for eight thirty the next morning. 
my body was still waking me up at like 8.05 yep. before my, my alarm. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that too for like smoking and like or getting rid of like yes, smoking and, yeah, yeah. Um, and any kind of addictions. That's like 21 days. If you can do that, then mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of good. You right bro track. broke it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I want to go back to um, kind of like your early, not childhood, but um, I guess middle age, adolescent teenhood. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of, you started playing five different sports, so you played five different sports, and then you said that you got into track because you wanted to get faster for football. Um, how did that kind of come about, and what five sports did you play prior to that? So the five sports that I played growing up um, was baseball, football, basketball, um soccer was actually my first sport but i wasn't very good at soccer <laughs> um wrestling and oh so actually six sports because track track yeah, yeah. So six okay. so i forgot soccer but yeah um so growing up uh, i was mostly to me i was mostly a football player that was my favorite sport mm -hmm. um and then the way i kind of got into track was uh my sister she saw a sign on our which would be our future high school um for track tryouts for like a track club so she asked my dad like could we try out for this track club and i didn't really want to run track because i'm like i'm just all football like i'm a football guy and i'm already yeah. playing these other sports i'm already playing these other sports and i'm like you have no time to play football yeah. yeah exactly so you know my first reaction was i didn't want to run mm -hmm. but then at that age i think i was about like seven years old my dad was like if you don't run track your sister's gonna grow up and be faster than you <laughs> so and you're a seven-year-old when you hear that you like i can't let my little sister grow up and be faster than me yeah. so, I got, so i was like all right i'll run track but you know when i got into it i was like i was thinking that it would make me faster for football mm -hmm. and that was kind of my, my uh my main reason for getting into it okay so just just like kind of back to that point so it was a pretty smart move by your dad your dad's like, hey, yeah. you know, Devin, if you if you don't do track, your sister's gonna get faster than you. And he knew right away, I'm signing my pen and name. I'm there. Saturday morning, I'm he there. Knew, he knew exactly what to say. <laughs> so also your dad, you said coached you majority through your life in all was it all sports? Pretty much, yeah. Every sport I played except for uh soccer and um basketball. But every other sport he was the head coach of. So or just coach of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was always there kind of like, you know, mentoring you and teaching you as you grew and stuff. So a lot of kids that I find, you know, everyone has mixed emotions towards, you know, their dad being, I guess their coach. Cause there's a fine line between, you know, being like the, I guess a father and a coach. And then sometimes that doesn't, I'm not going to say it could positively or negatively affect relationships. So how was you and your dad's relationship, you know, growing up being, I guess the coaching father relationship. It was great. And to me, I think it always kind of gave me like some underlying motivation yep. to be the best athlete I could be because mm -hmm. I was the coach's son yeah. in the sport. So I think growing up as the coach's son, it kind of just gave me that push to, you know, work as hard as I can and, um, you know, be the best teammate I can. And then also do extra work when we get home because he also used to, you know, pay me like a dollar or two to run around the neighborhood and come back in a certain amount of time. <laughs> if I did it, I would get a dollar to do that. So that was like another way that he kind of helped me grow as an athlete. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. What other uh, kind of tactics did your dad have? So how many did he have? <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't even count them. I, I'll have to, it'll take a lot of thinking to really go back and see uh, how much, like all the tactics that he used. But those were like the main two was, you know, he knew exactly what to say to, to get me involved in a certain mm -hmm. sport if he knew that it would be good for me. Mm -hmm. And then he also knew how to motivate me to do extra stuff at home. So, smart yeah yeah smart, smart. man <laughs> <laughs> very um so back to the the track and how you like kind of got into track when you started track did you stop the other sports you continued playing football and up until when did you kind of solely start focusing on track mm -hmm. yeah i continued when i started track i continued all my other sports uh i forget when i stopped playing soccer but i think i only played like a couple years or whatever okay. the main sports that i was playing when i was running track was football basketball uh and track and baseball yeah um so when i started running i was playing all those sports and i remember going from 
because track season and baseball season is kind of the same. Yeah. So I would have to like run my race and then me and my dad would get in the car and I would change my uniform in the back of his truck into my baseball uniform and then get out and play a baseball game. Um, so that's kind of how like my childhood went because football mm-hmm. season was pretty much all football season. But then by the time track season came, I had to balance between that and basketball, uh, that and baseball. Um, and then when I grew up, uh, when I got to high school, I just focused on football and track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are my only two sports that I was playing in high school. And then I just went to college for track. Okay. So awesome. Did you, narrowed down. Were you trying to look, um, I guess, when did you decide that track was going to be your sport in university? Um, were you still trying to, I guess, make it to university with football through high school? Uh, no, I think, I don't remember exactly what age I track clicked for me, but track just kind of became like my main sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that happened probably somewhere early high school, maybe like right before I got to high school. Um, everybody kind of knew me as the track guy, um, even though I was still playing football, but they knew me from track. Yeah. Um, so I think just kind of growing in the sport and learning more about it and getting better in the sport, uh, I think it just kind of became my dominant sport and also the one that I enjoyed uh, being in the most. So uh, by the time I got to high school, I already knew that I wanted to go to school for track. And just to just to add on to that, so we know not only your dad being a great motivational factor for you, um, but your sister Kendall also very good track athlete. Um, how was the competition? I guess between you two, was it probably a lot of push, uh, a pushing from each other kind of thing? You guys both wanted to be the best athletes you guys could be. So how was how was that growing up with her also being a really good track star? It was great, and you know we get this question a lot and we get the same answer, but there's really no competition between us. Um, we've always been, you know, our dad has always told us like, you guys don't get um, yeah. awards for beating each other. Yeah, yeah. So there's never been a competition between us. It's kind of been more of a, like a motivational thing, yes. like uh, wanting to make our parents proud mm-hmm. and do the best that we can do. Um, and I think that motivates each other. Um, so I think, yeah, we look to each other for motivation and just, um, you know, want to make our family proud and uh, just make everything that that they've sacrificed for us to be in the positions we are to allow all that to pay off. Awesome. Great answer. And then I guess, so now you're in high school. By this time, you're probably in high school doing really well in track, kind of. Tell us about the whole, you know, scholarship, um, I guess, process. Uh, process, you know, how many um, who was calling you? Who was looked really interesting to you? And why'd you choose uh, Georgia? Um, so at, around junior year is when schools can start uh, talking to you. Yep. Um, so I think around that time, I started getting a lot of letters from everywhere. And letters aren't usually like offers. They're just kind of like, hey, we're interested. Like, we noticed you. Uh, so I started getting letters from all kinds of places, like places that were not even known really for academics. I mean, not really known for athletics, but known for academics. Wow. Um, we're sending me letters. Yeah, so, and I even got like, a letter from like Navy or something. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, but in terms of offers, um, I had offers from, I believe, Kansas State, uh, Clemson, Georgia, of course. Um, and I think there was another one, but the two that I was really between was Kansas State and Georgia. What was um, the big, like, factor between the two? Did you visit both schools prior to? Yeah, yeah, I visited all the schools. And really, um, at first, I wasn't even really interested in Georgia because in my head, I wanted to go out of state somewhere. Like, I was yep. tired of being in Georgia. I just wanted to, you know, go somewhere new. Um, but then I went to Georgia on my visit and – I just like fell in love with everything. Uh, the coach was exactly what I needed. Uh, I liked the campus um, and every, everybody there was nice. I already knew some people that were there too. Um, and I was close by home so I could go home whenever I wanted to and mm-hmm. I saw value in that. So um, that's ultimately what the reason why I picked Georgia. Um, uh, but <laughs> I went to Kansas State on my visit and I remember being on the plane and we were about to land and I saw nothing but cornfields while we were landing. And I was like, are we 
about to land at an airport or at, uh, in a cornfield somewhere. <laughs> so we finally, we finally, I finally started to see pavement, but yeah, it was like, it just wasn't like my, my scene. Yeah. yeah, you, didn't, yeah. you didn't feel the home vibe in Kansas. Yeah. No. And my main, my main reason for visiting there was they had a really good coach um, mm. and Cliff Revelto. Uh, he's like a, a legendary coach and has yep. coached a lot of Olympians. So that was like my main, um, my main reason for going to visit there. But after going there, I was just like, yeah, I can't see myself here for four years. So, mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Why not uh, Clemson? Clemson was high on my list also. Um, but it just came, for me, it just came down to coaching and uh, environment. Mm-hmm. And when I got to talking with Petros at Georgia, I just knew like his background and the events that he was really, Sorry, it's my dog shaking next to me. <laughs> <laughs> the events that he was really strong in, I knew um, that's what I need the most work in. So I knew he was a good pole vault coach. And me coming out of high school, I had never had a pole vault coach before. Okay. I was really getting coaching in, you know, the sprinting events, um, you know, the jumping events. But I didn't have a coach really for javelin or pole vault um, and some of the more technical stuff. So I knew he was a super technical coach. And... That's what I needed coming from my dad's training, which was, you know, really hard, like strength training and uh, endurance training and stuff like that. So I knew if I mixed my dad's training with uh, Pedro's training that I would go to the next level. Smart. No, it was a good choice. Well, obviously, by the looks of it, it was a fantastic choice. Um, but I just want to go back just a little bit here. So you're a decathlete. So you, this is for those that don't know. Um, you participate in 10 events. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. These are just coming from Google. So please let me know if mm-hmm. I'm wrong. 100 meters, long jump, shot put, high jump, 400 meters, um, hurdles, di- discus throw. Am I, I'm saying that correct, correctly, discus throw. Yeah. Uh, pole vault, javelin throw, and then 1500. So yeah. that's, you're literally going everywhere, all around, all around track here. At what point in high school did you, um, did you know you were going to be, become a, dec- a decathlete? Um, well, actually, I was a decathlete before I got to high school because oh, wow. The, the club that my dad uh, became the coach of uh, was a summer track club. So okay. in the summer, uh, that's when we could do like the multi-events. That's when Kendall could do the, uh, the pentathlon and I could do the mm. decathlon. Um, but in high school, they didn't have the multi-events. So we would just do some of our open events. So I would do, well, really, both of us would do the hurdles, long jump, um, and like a relay or something yeah. like that. But then when the summertime would come back around, then we would get back into, you know, decathlon and uh, pentathlon at the time. Um, so I actually started doing, it was the pentathlon at the time. I was 11 years old. Holy. Um, yeah. So that, I did five events when I was 11. And then I think by the time I got to 13, I think that's when it became the decathlon. So I was a decathlete going into high school pretty much. Okay. So that's got to, okay, that's, Okay, so I because I didn't know how, like, just from my perspective, I didn't know how kind of, um, like, how often do you find that track athletes that are more so good, let's just say, um, if there's one athlete going to high school, it's really good at, like, the 100, 200. Um, how do you, like, do you think there's athletes like that that then try doing, you know, like, the javelin, the shot put, and then they know they're a good overround athlete, so then they start branching out into, like, the, the decath- decathlon? Does that ever happen? Uh, yeah, probably. I think, um, I think most people that, have done the decathlon or some type of multi-event while they yeah. were young they started off doing they usually started off doing some other event first yeah and then we're just trying stuff and i think in my case um before like when i first started running track i was like a 100 meter 200 meter 400 meter person yeah or kid mm-hmm. um so i had i guess that was my background and then you know over time i just started trying different events because i was since i was fast uh, I got into the long jump, um, yeah. and then you know over time I just started started trying different things until I got to where I could start hurdling, and then the hurdles became my main event. Mm. So then by the time I got old enough to do the multi events, I was already pretty much doing you know pretty much the whole thing anyway. Yeah, you were prepared. Yeah, so I think over time I just kind of had background in a lot of different events to where when I got old enough. I was just, my dad was like, you might as well just do the pentathlon. He had the yeah. plan. He knew, he knew right away what he was getting. He always, he always had the plan. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Um, so let's go to college now. Now you're in Georgia. How was, um, you know, first year, how was that transition to, you know, being away, from, you weren't that far from home, being away from home, living on your own and um, your first NCAA year? Uh, it was really good. Um, you know, I, I wish I remembered the numbers, like what I scored, but I know I had a personal best uh, in my first season. Oh, um, so I saw a lot of growth in my first year. Um, I didn't make it to any national championships my first year, but, um, you know, for me, just being able to see, you know, the growth in certain events that I know I need to work in coming into school, um, I started seeing growth in those and started getting more comfortable in those. Um, so that's kind of the story of my first year, just kind of getting comfortable with events that I had never done in practice before yeah. and learning new techniques, uh, you know, being with a new coach, because my dad had coached me for what, like at least, I guess, 10 years uh, yeah. up to that point. So yeah, uh, just getting used to a new coach, new environment, new training. So overall, it's pretty good. And another thing, Kendall said you and uh, your story and her story um, kind of like both unique in their own ways. And she said you had a little bit more of a kind of up and down kind of path in your career. How was, um, did you come across any sort of injuries, you know, during college or even now anything that's kind of, I guess, you know, every athlete's got the up and downs, but kind of talk, talk to us about that. Yeah, I went through a lot of injuries. Um, and actually my, my second year is when, I think my biggest injury came, um, I had a stress fracture in my pubic bone, which is basically, I was having pain in my hip. Okay. Yeah. The fracture was like in a bone around my hip area. Um, so I, my second year, I redshirted and I redshirted for the whole year. So I was basically just practicing for the whole season. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my first real big injury. Um, and then, you know, after that point, I, I couldn't tell you as meant all the injuries that I went through. Um, wow. Some of them bigger than others, but um, I think that was kind of the the main one that really sat me down um, and made me realize like you gotta pay attention to your body. You gotta make sure you're warmed up properly and and do all the things off the track that you can do to make sure that you're healthy so you can stay on the track. Um, and I think I've learned all through all the injuries that I've been through that, you know, that's the case. Like you got to make sure that you're paying attention to your body. Um, and even when things happen, after you do pay attention to your body, you got to, you know, still work the little muscles and not get lazy. Cause I think a lot of people, when they get injured, uh, they get lazy and just, you know, just take a lot of time off and do nothing. Just trying yeah. to let it heal. But that's the time where you really got to, you know, work the small muscles that you don't usually work when you're lifting weights. So, um, you know, that's kind of the things that I learned while I was dealing with all my setbacks. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think that's a that's a big thing for all, and especially younger athletes too. Um, just on the more on the mental side, I guess it's your second year in Georgia, um, and then this kind of injury kind of gets um, thrown your way. How was that for you? I guess um, I guess mentally and physically, you know, being so young and um, you're excited for your second year coming around. So how how was that for you? It was really tough. Yeah. Um, Oh, oh, I think your audio might adjust. No. No, I can't. Oh, it could have been the AirPods died. Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. All right. Um, yeah, I was saying that. Um, wait, what, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, the <laughs> injury. I, I just, I was asking them, uh, you know, for second year. Um, you know, it must have been like so. I guess on your mental side of things, how was it for you mentally and physically? Second year getting that injury thrown at you. Oh, um, yeah, that specific injury that came my second year, that one was really annoying because it was like it would go away, and then you know I would come back and I would tweak it. Mm. So that one was kind of it was really frustrating because you know my trainers. Um, Trainer's job is to be kind of not passive, but you know they're not really aggressive when it comes to with an injury because you know they they want you to come back as healthy as you can. They don't want to rush anything. Yeah. Um, and you know me as an athlete and also my coach wanting me to get back on the track, it was hard to you know kind of take things as slow as they wanted to sometimes, even though they may have been right at the time. But you know just us being competitive. 
yeah. we want to try to get back on the track as fast as possible. So, um, you know, a lot of things came up and, you know, I'd have weeks that were good, that I had no pain. And then, you know, there'd be one week where it was just, I wouldn't be able to do much. So it was just frustrating having to deal with, you know, being able to like be clear to do stuff, but then something hurts and now you got to take it back to where you were before and start things slow and, you know, kind of build up that way. Um, and that was pretty much the story of that injury. It just kept coming and going until eventually sometime my third year, I just kind of broke free from all that pain. How was, how was, so then how was the latter part of, I was just going to ask about Georgia. So then the injury kind of, um, you're pulling through it. So how was it the latter year, I guess that's junior and senior year? Um, junior and senior year, I grew a lot for sure. Um, and pretty much, pretty much since my freshman year, I had PR every single year that I competed. Um, awesome. And I think that that's pretty much the, I tip my hat to my coach because that's pretty much the reason why I came here is I knew I'd be able to progress in that way because yeah. he would be able to, you know, coach me in events that I never had coaching in really. Yeah. Um, but my junior and senior year, I had a lot of growth um, and really just, I think those are the years where I started to really feel like, a top decathlete like I really had what it takes to be a top decathlete um and I'm not really sure what unlocked I couldn't give you that answer but yeah you know my guess would be just growth and just time like time in the event time in the sport um and time in the program too because when I came in my freshman year um you know there were I was a baby basically like I was starting from zero yeah um I just kind of just grew through the the program and just became that guy to where my I believe my senior year I was the team captain so I That's think great. just just growing through the sport and um you know just going through all, everything that I went through I think just helped me become who I was my junior and senior year awesome That's great and when did you um win your NCAA championship was that senior year? That was my senior year. Yeah. That's awesome. That was actually my fifth year. My fifth year was my senior year. Yeah. Because you took the red shirt year? Yeah, exactly. Okay. How was that feeling to like have that like last year and uh, come out as like a like the ultimate champion, basically? It was great. And, you know, not a lot of people know this. I've said it before, but I don't think a lot of people know is I hadn't won a decathlon until my fifth year. Like, oh, I had wow. never placed first in any meet, not even talking just championships. Like, I had never won a decathlon at any meet. Wow. So, my senior year, yeah, my senior year was kind of, I guess, my breakout year because not only had was I able to win, like, my, my first decathlon, but I was able to win an SEC championship, win a NCAA championship, and... Uh, both of those indoors and then outdoors win an SEC championship and then play second at nationals. Wow. Yeah, and this is all, see, this is all senior year? All senior year, yeah. Everything, all the championships that I earned were in my senior year alone, which is crazy because I hadn't won a state championship until my senior year in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, so for some reason, it's something about the senior year that it just – I don't know. Something goes, everything goes right the senior year for some reason. The barbecue chicken pizza is hitting different in senior <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get barbecue chicken uh, pizza time to work. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. sick. Congrats. That's a, for all that in one year, my head would have been bigger than, bigger, my ego would have been bigger than it is now, man. That's, <laughs> that's cool. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's amazing. That's a great story. And then from there, um, there. did you take, you, did you, um, you, you continued, obviously, and then went on to go to world championships. Um, how did your training change at all post-university? Mm -hmm. uh, um, did you stay with the same, same coach as the university coach? Um, in 2017, yeah, we just kind of carried on from the college season. Okay. And um, so, yeah, the, the training was pretty much the same. Um, and I even, at U.S. trials in 2017, I even wore my Georgia uniform still. Nice. So that was like my last time wearing that jersey. Um, so I still felt like I was in school and I was still representing yeah. my university. Um, 
But yeah, that was 2017. Um, and then I went to London for the World Championships and placed 10th overall. Nice. Um, and I was the, I want to say I was the youngest person in the whole competition oh, wow. at 21. There might have been wow. one guy that was younger than me, but I was definitely the youngest uh, inside the top 10. Um, and then 2018, can well, we just talking about 2017. Are we going? No, yeah, keep going. going. No, just keep talking. Just talk okay. about kind of your progression. I love it. Yeah, and then um, so we get back from London, and then 2018 comes, and I actually move from Georgia to California to the Olympic Training Center. Yep. And um, I was training there, but then I actually ended up getting injured there also, uh. um, and kind of spent my time there nursing that injury and kind of rehabbing and stuff like that. Um, and I was only there for about six months until I decided to come back uh, to Georgia to train with my college coach. Um, so I came back in the summer of 2018 um, and just kind of started training again and getting ready for 2019 season. That's awesome. Wow. Then 2019 comes, uh, you went to the world championships, won those. How, how is that? And uh, how is the, the whole championship? And then, and then we can go into like, this year's uh, Olympic oh, trials and yeah. what happened. Yeah, so 2019 was a big overcoming year for me because, nice. like I said, in 2018, I got injured yep. and couldn't compete at all for the 2018 season. So when I came back for the season 2019, I was at a meet. My first meet in 2019 it was January. It was an indoor meet. Yeah. And I went to Hurdle and Pole Vault at this meet. And pole ball was first so I'm warming up and I actually when I planted the pole I didn't check my step which I should have done yeah. um, but I think I was just I was just having to run between the pole ball and the hurdles because the hurdles had had a balance between those two because the hurdles were on the track also yeah so I was trying to just hurry up and get my steps so that when I came back from the hurdles I'd be able to just jump back and start pole ball because the competition would have started by then um, so I planted my pole and then my pole, I didn't have, my step was off. So I didn't have enough yeah. speed to carry me into the pit. So my pole kind of stalled out at the top and was just kind of like, my, my pole got here. Oh. And instead of going into the pit, it started to come backwards. Oh. Oh. So I land, I ended up landing, I had to jump off my pole and I landed on the track flat footed basically. And I cracked the back of my heel. Oh my God. Yeah. But I didn't know it at the time. At the time, like I felt fine. Like as soon as I hit, like I hit, I knew I hit really hard, but I was able to get back up and I was walking over to my coach. What? I talked to him for a little bit. And then when I was walking back to the bench area, I was like, something don't feel right. Um, so I sat down for like five minutes. And when I got back up, I couldn't put any pressure on my left leg. So I had to basically pull out of that competition and uh, you know the the meet coordinators or whatever gave me some crutches um and i basically was just on crutches for like four or five weeks or whatever and i had to go get mris and all this type of stuff and that's when i eventually found that i had cracked my heel um so that was after sitting out all of 2018 season yeah that was my first meet back in 2019 Damn. Just to have to sit back out again for, I think it was like six weeks or something like that, um, which wasn't bad to me because I didn't need surgery or anything. I just had to basically just sit and yeah, rest. Uh, wear my boot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but that was really frustrating for me. Um, just my first meet back, I just wanted to compete and then that happened. Yeah. So finally, um, you know, I don't have any indoor season. Um, so at that point, I'm looking towards outdoor season um, and USA's. Um, so that's pretty much all I was training for then. Um, and it just meant a lot for me to be able to get back healthy and then get in shape again to be able to go out and, you know, win USA's and also, uh, make the U.S. team the Doha. Uh, it just meant a lot to be able to overcome the, that span of really like a year and a half of injury. Yeah. It just meant a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you, so... How did you stay, like, I guess, motivated throughout yeah. the course of not only that injury, but previous injuries as well? A lot of athletes um, go through these injuries and some 
kind of take it harder than others and might not come back um stronger and yeah. they might like kind of just be like oh like i'm kind of over this i don't yeah. really want to try anymore so how do you stay motivated um and any advice to anyone listening um on how to stay motivated through those kinds of injuries yeah for me i just always knew that i wanted to be an athlete like yeah like y'all know sports for me was my identity since a young age like i started getting into i got into football at six years old wow. and that's pretty much like when my my love for sports grew was when I got into football. So I always knew I wanted to be a professional athlete when I got older. Um, at the time, you know, when I was young, I wanted to be a football player. But overall, I just wanted to be an athlete. Like I wanted to play sports. That's what I yeah. knew how to do. That's what I love to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, dealing with my injuries, um, they never – I never allowed them to really break me mentally because – I knew this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think when people get to the point of getting injured and then, you know, getting out of the sport or whatever, and everybody's situation is different, um, you know, but luckily for me, I never had like any career ending injury. All yeah. my injuries, I knew I'd be able to recover from um, and get back to doing what I love. So I think that's what really motivated me is that I knew like this injury wouldn't last and that, I'll come out of it stronger because I will be able to work the muscles that we don't usually get to work when we're just lifting heavy weights. You know, I can get back to, you know, doing resistance band work and working yeah. small muscles in my legs and my, my arms. Um, you know, I can work on um, the Alter G. I don't have to run on the track at full body weight. I could get on the Alter G and run at 60% mm -hmm. of my body weight. Um, you know, so I think, I think I just kept myself motivated, just knowing what I what I wanted to accomplish and also knowing what I could accomplish because I always had this feeling that that I can be I can be and do anything I wanna have and I can I can I can be and do anything I wanna be. Yeah. So I think just that driving force uh just kept me focused throughout all my injuries, um and you know, never really took me off my course. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's something I kind of strive to do every day as well is not not through injuries, just like that whole of like being who you want to be and making your own path, no matter yeah. what kind of sets you back or, or tries to set you back. So that's yeah, great. Is that, setbacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Life, life throws you lots of uh, mountains to climb. So you just got to kind of get on sure. your horse and climb it up. Um, yeah. Is that what inspired you to create uh, your Me vs. Me brand? You're a smart man. You're a smart <laughs> man. Yeah, that's um well there's really a lot of reasons why I created it, but that's one of the the I guess that's the mentality behind it, behind the me versus me is you know, you're gonna always face setbacks in whatever you do. It doesn't have to be sports. There's always gonna be some type of setback. Um, but it's all about how you address the situation, how you handle it. Yeah. Um first of all, it's how you see the situation because yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of people they blow things out of proportion uh, yeah. when really a lot of the things that we're facing is really small. We just have to learn. We just have to see how to get through it. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, I realized that, you know, a lot of this stuff is mental. So that's the whole thing behind me versus me is, you know, not comparing your journey to somebody else's journey because, you know, this person, although they're not going through the things that you're going through, they have their own things that they're battling. Like everybody yeah. has their own challenges that they face. Um, but it's all about, you know, how strong your mind is and how you see the problem and, you know, map out a way how to get around it and then come out of it stronger. Yeah. Amazing. Phenomenal message. Yeah. I love that. And I really like Appreciate the logo. It. You got the shirt on right now. Yeah. That's a sick That's logo. A sick, yeah. That is a cool logo. That's cool. Appreciate it. I love that. So if you guys, uh, anyone listening wants to, grab a shirt what, what do you sell just clothing yeah there's uh there's hats there's shirts there's hoodies there's headbands socks shorts nice. wristbands all kinds of stuff awesome cool. and the website yeah. is uh shopmvm.com cool okay. yeah. that's a great brand i love that maybe i'll go i'm, I'm kind of curious <laughs> I, I do need gym shorts i don't have any gym shorts they just the shorts that i have up there now are like uh like lounge shorts i guess Oh, okay. okay. No, I like those too. Okay, cool. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Awesome. Yeah. 
And is that uh, something you want to kind of continue to grow over the next few years? Uh, yeah, for me, when I made it, I didn't really have any goals for it. I yeah. just kind of, like I said, there was a, a lot of reasons why I created it. Um, one of the reasons is because I realized that track athletes, we don't have like jerseys that people can go buy and, you know, support their favorite athlete like you can in football, baseball, you know, basketball. Yeah. So for me, I kind of wanted to give people something that they could have to, you know, represent me if they wanted to, um, you know, help me connect with fans or anybody who supports me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can take my logo and, and wear it and feel like, you know, they're wearing my number. Yeah. Or, something like that so that's kind of that's another reason why i created it that's sick that's cool that's do you plan on bringing on uh like other athletes oh, yeah. to kind of wear so they can wear their brand or i haven't thought about i haven't thought about it uh, not competitors obviously <laughs> <laughs> well you know like, i would be into it but i just haven't thought that far with it yet yeah. you know for me it's just kind of i wanted to give i also wanted to give myself something to wear so that i'm not just you know promoting some other brand that, uh, you know, doesn't even know who I am. I kind of yeah. wanted something for myself. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with it now is just kind of getting myself out there, building my brand, giving people something to support. Um, and, you know, whatever comes after that, uh, it's coming after that. <laughs> that's great. That's, yeah. that's, that's a smart move. Like a lot of people don't really work on their personal brand and um, a lot of athletes, um, sometimes they don't even know that they have like fans that look up to them and, yeah. and they don't have anything to show for it. Like won't even post on like Instagram or anything. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. great that you're kind of building the brand and something that people can like resonate and connect with. Appreciate that. I think it's important because I think also as athletes, like you said, um, you know, not everybody knows that there's people out there looking up to us and yeah. everybody's different. Like track athletes aren't as high profile as like, basketball players or something yeah. like that but I can guarantee you if you're an elite athlete and you're at the top of your sport there's somebody that's looking up to you whether you know it or not um, because you know I know when I was young there were people I was looking up to also um so that was the driving force also to why I uh, created the brand is because you know I know that there's some young kid in high school or middle school or even in college that's looking up to to me so I just wanted to create a brand to, you know, kind of, I don't know, get my, get my point across, basically, get my mentality across, uh, give them something motivational to, to look to mm-hmm. uh, and to understand what it means. Yeah, that's a great uh, message to awesome. push. I love that. Any, um, any other goals kind of for the next five years, I guess, like the Olympics coming up or, or we're supposed to come up this year? What happened to that? Are you going to the trials uh, in 2021? That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. trials. Um, that's the that's the next goal, um, and that's pretty much as far as I'm looking right now. That's yeah. everything is on next summer, um, and that's that's all I'm thinking about every day when I wake up. Everything every day when I go train. Excuse me, it's just training for the Olympic trials and really training for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, but first comes the trials and have to take care of business there. Um, so I'm just making sure that I'm doing everything that I can to stay as healthy as I can uh, for that. Um, and that's really all that's on the menu right now. That's awesome. I love it. And and if you do make the Olympics, you and your sister will be the first brother-sister duo to um, compete in the same uh, event in the Olympics. Yep. The first that's ever brother-sister. Sister. That's awesome. Hopefully you guys yeah. first ever brother sister get gold as well. That, that's news. <laughs> that's that what one. that's what we did that um at twenty seventeen indoor nationals. We were the first brother sister to to win basically the same event. Yep. Um in uh college track. So that's what we're wow. trying to that's the whole thing is we're trying to replicate they call that the sibling sweep. So that's that's the whole <laughs> thing. Sick. That's what we're trying to trying to do at trials and you know, hopefully at the Olympics. That's awesome. That is, that's going to be a <laughs> lot of barbecue chicken pizza celebrated. A lot after. of bar- I might have to eat two barbecue chicken pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Is there any other brother-sister duos um, that have done that in any other events? Uh, no, I don't know? think there's any, I don't think there's any brother-sister duo that do the same event. I know there's a lot of brother-brother duos, um, 
that are either either in the same event or different events. Okay. I don't think there's a brother sister duo in the same event. That's sick. Wow, that's that, cool. That's pretty cool. I'll be watching yeah. next year. <laughs> Appreciate that. That's great. Um, anything else, kinda like what are you doing for fun? I guess right now because training is that uh, like are you still going 100 percent training or has COVID kind of affected affected that? Yeah, we're still training. Um, my group we train about we're three people. Um, yeah. So I'm training with about three people. Um, and yeah, we're training every day. Um, still lifting weights. Uh, what I do in my free time, pretty much just if I'm not doing like anything recovery wise, I just watch like sports on TV. Like I was watching the NBA finals when they were on. Um, Do you want to watching. win? I wanted the Lakers to win. I wanted the Lakers to win. I'm not going to lie. I'm the, a LeBron fan. Yeah. That's why, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, fair. I like, yeah, I, I was hopping on the Tyler Hero train. <laughs> I was liking the hype, man. I think he's great. I, I wanted an upset, but I, yeah. LeBron. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted them to win their conference, but yeah. I knew that they weren't going to beat the Lakers. The no, Lakers dude. are too big. and No chance, yeah. dude. Like, LeBron's yeah. also, like, a, a, he's going to make a name. He wants to be the greatest of all time, and he says he is, and I think he's going to keep going until he gets more rings than Jordan just so he can now tell people I am the best winner. Because at the end of the day, everyone looks at, like, titles, and that's yeah. the people that are saying, like, that say, uh, like, Jordan's still better. So he just has to get more titles, so he's like, there you go. That's basically <laughs> yeah. what he's gonna do until he until he can't play. And what is what does he have? LeBron has three rings now, right? Four. Four now. He has four now. Yeah, yeah. two so with Miami, needs... one with Cleveland, one with uh, Lakers. So he needs two more. He needs three, three more to pass. Three more to three pass. Three more because yeah. Jordan's 6'6", which is five. not still that six for six is like that. Everyone's gonna still say, "Oh, he went six for six though," and LeBron. Yeah, yeah the percentage. <laughs> then it's gonna be percentage, and he's gonna be like, "There's some people that just hate LeBron." Yeah, yeah they're think, not gonna let LeBron win. Yeah, I think there's people. There's always gonna be people that are gonna, you know, fight that down and you still say like Jordan's better. At the end of the day, I don't think some people he, say Kobe too is the best. Yeah, people put Kobe in that conversation conversation too. By the end of the day, it's like yeah. different eras. Yeah, you know, like Jordan was the best in his era, and LeBron was clearly the best in his era. So, like one analyst, I was because I was like doing research. I was curious one day was saying, um, you can't compare the two. They're always gonna be the best in their own. But they'll always go to the day like they die. They're gonna be there, Jordan or LeBron. It's always gonna be a thing. Yeah, that's like that's my whole thing too. Is like they're two different eras, and yeah. you know, people that grew up in the Jordan era, they're gonna support Jordan. Yeah, even though there's some people yeah. that do support LeBron in that era, but um, I just think you can't compare them because also the game was different back then too. So different. So yeah, so you can't compare, you know, two people that played a different game like different rules uh yeah. you know it's a it's a different game nowadays so i think you just got to respect them both yeah exactly i agree, I agree with that it's like yeah. hockey too like everyone compares like to win gretzky um like the best hockey player of all time like his points his are numbers never gonna be are never his gonna numbers be are, his numbers are it's impossible <laughs> impossible because he was getting like he has more assists, right, than anyone does points the points, second yeah. guy does points it's not like it's never it's never going to be beat his numbers so you I'm can't, not too familiar with hockey. Who's uh, who are they comparing to Wayne? Like McDavid, say. Crosby. I don't. Okay. Yeah, McDavid, Crosby, like Bobby Orr. Like people say, he's defenseman, the greatest ball yeah, like Just in generation wise, yeah. like McDavid. Yeah. But like no one will ever touch his numbers because like goalies back then they couldn't stand. So they couldn't, they even, couldn't stand even stand. Up. Their like, goalie ice, equipment like, was. The game is so much more competitive nowadays. Nowadays, goalies take up the entire net just standing there. But then you can say yeah. that they're going the other way, basically saying like he was the best in his era. You know, then why wasn't he like the other guys? Why didn't everyone else get two thousand points? Yeah, the games were also like ten seven. Like, I understand. <laughs> like you're telling me, but then people can make the argument back. Like he was the one that got almost. Yeah, 3, you just can't points. compare. There's too many like back and forth. But yeah. Way too many. <laughs> What's your I wish favorite? Would stop trying to compare people and just like respect everybody Seriously, for the area man. that they played in. Yeah, oh, everybody. Man. Let everybody be great. Whoever's great, let them be great. Seriously. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who's your favorite football team? <laughs> um, I wouldn't have. I'm not like a diehard fan, but you know, since being from Georgia, oh, I root for the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Which is pretty depressing sometimes. Well, a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to bring up the Patriots. I was about Patriots. to make a bad joke, man. I'm, I was. 
Yeah, I'm not one of those people though that's like a diehard fan though. So I'm I don't get yeah. heartbroken when they lose. Yeah. But it's just like that's my that's the team that I cheer for just because that's my hometown. Yeah. Um but I was texting somebody yesterday. I was texting my friend. I told him, like, I need to find a new excuse to cheer for a new team. <laughs> Cause this is depressing. <laughs> I mean, you got Georgia, you can cheer for University of Georgia. They're yeah, always, of course. Like they're that's, always that's, up that's there. the that's the Georgia team that I will always cheer for. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's like for some reason, Atlanta sports teams have some type of curse, like the, the yeah. Hawks, the Falcons. I don't know much about the soccer team they just came out with. I think they were doing pretty good, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's just some type of curse. I mean, you could what you what one of my friends did. He went on like a website with a list of the teams, and then he just just blindfolded, just picked a team. The might need to do that. Yeah, or you can just be like. You can bandwagon and just choose like a top NFL team. Like I don't know if that's something you want to do, but like Pittsburgh's doing pretty well right now. Yeah, we're Pittsburgh fans. So if you want, <laughs> you're Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I can jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, I'm five and zero, man. I'm loving life. I don't know if I think I think if I pick a new team, it'll be based on colors. Okay, it'll just be whoever colors I like the most. Whose okay. colors you like the most? Uh, well, my favorite color is like a like a royal blue. So I think if so I chose like a blue team, Rams. it would. It would be, yeah, either like the Rams probably or, I don't know. I think the Char- – I, I used to actually like the Chargers when I was a kid, but that's because yeah. – I don't know if you guys know LaDainian Tomlinson. Yeah. Um, I've, the old I've running back. I don't know. Okay, yeah. He used to be my favorite running back when I was a kid. Um, okay. He played on the Chargers. So that's who I used to watch growing up. Um, but, yeah, it probably had to be – I like the Seahawks. Blue. The jerseys. Yeah, Seahawks I like the nice. lime. Yeah. The lime with the blue, I think, is the lime green and the blue, I think, so nice. Yeah, I think the Seahawks probably have the nicest jerseys in the NFL. Yeah, I think a lot of NFL teams, their jerseys are, like, really basic, but the Seahawks so are, like, yeah, really detailed. Yeah, cool. a lot of teams are starting to go. Like, the Rams now have, like, a very vibrant blue and yellow. Yeah. They're yeah. starting to come out. A lot out of people with, didn't like their uniforms. A lot of people yeah. said they were too, like, plain. They, they are. Like they are kind of, like, I guess. They all are, though. Like, if I look at all the jerseys, like, a lot of them are kind of, like, Plain kind of sort yeah. of. Steelers have never have they changed their jerseys in like no a couple barely. Yeah, it's yeah. always been like the black and yellow and then the staple logo. Yeah. It's yeah. just like I, I like the, go ahead. There you go. I was gonna say I like the color rush ones a lot that Those they are have. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Color rush for yeah. any team. Yeah. Any team's color. I don't know who has like the all white is cool. I think it's there was I like the all white too. Yeah, it was I think Oakland, but they're not Oakland anymore. Las Vegas. They, they had like the old white. It was a color. It was so and like the the numbers were like a silver. It was yeah, pretty sick. Yeah, yeah I like the Raiders too. That might that might be a new team that I go for because they just move cities too. So they're trying to get new. That fans, makes sense so. if you were to do that one too. They're doing good yeah. too this year. Yeah, they beat yeah. Kansas. They they have a young um, Rugs. I think his name the wide yeah. receiver. Yeah, yeah, they're doing well. Yeah, Is it, yeah, were you a running back as a as a kid? Uh, so when I first started playing, I was a running back, and then when I got to um, middle school, I became like a kind of like a mix between a running back and a receiver. So I was like a slot guy. Slot, yeah. Yeah, and then when I got to high school, they split me out wide, so I was a wide receiver. Okay. But nice. also, they tried to make me into a corner uh, in middle school, but I wasn't. I didn't really like defense that much. I like offense. Yeah. yeah. Offense. Yeah, so I played better on offense. So I think, I think, subconsciously, I, I, I didn't play too well on defense because I wanted to only play offense. Yeah, I didn't yeah just like going for the picks. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't want to be a two-way guy. I just like, I like, I like uh, making plays happen. Yeah, yeah, I played one year of uh, high school football, and obviously in Canada, it's not as good as the states. So I had never played football before, and I just made the team as a nice. starter, like nice. wide receiver. Um, nice. but yeah, it was fun. It was fun. We can't, yeah. it's, it's hard to play as a wide receiver. I don't know how it was for you, but like, um, when you're not, when you don't have a quarterback that just throws dimes, like it's hard to play wide receiver and like, can't, usually in high school, they can't throw as far. Um, yeah. so it's, it's tough. It gets like, you get like a few catches a game if, or even passes a game. Well, for me in high school, it might have just been in Georgia, period, but most high school teams were a run-first team. Okay. So a lot of the times, like, we were – as receivers, we were blocking, um, which was also kind of fun for me, too, because, like, my favorite kind of block, which I think is against the rules now, but, like, the crack-back block, like, when they're not even looking. Yeah. 
when they're going for the uh when they're going for the ball carrier, I would just come back and like he would be looking this way and I'll be coming from this way. Yeah. And, like those are my favorite kind of blocks. <laughs> when you run downfield and come back when a run exactly. the... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love those. But I think those are against the rules now, so I wouldn't be able to do them nowadays, but I used to love those. Yeah, I've seen some like back. They definitely changed the rules like a lot. But sure. back when I was like watching some like just high school highlights in the states on like kickoff returns, there's this one guy that would just come and just hammer kids on kickoff returns because yeah. like no one's looking on those. They're just trying yeah. to block, and this guy just comes and knocks them. Yeah, I didn't know it was against the rules until I was watching a game like a couple of days ago, and they gave some guy a penalty for it. And I was like, nah, I used to do these all the time. <laughs> that's, that's when I realized it was against the rules now. Yeah, there's a lot more rules in every sport in regards to, like, contact. Everything. Yeah. It's trying to be safer now. Yeah. 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 To be honest, it probably is for the better. For being realistic, <laughs> it's probably for the better. It's just yeah, sometimes it's, it's borderline, right? Like, if yeah. you make – it's hard to, to, to tell. Like, like, when they – the targeting thing in the NFL now, it's like yeah. – um, you have to lower the shoulder, but like the helmets are so big that sometimes also, they just get in the also way. It's going so fast, and like sometimes a wide receiver like comes down and they put their head down, but the guy, the they defensive guy, is already committing. He's already committed to the head. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And going off of that, I think like I guess it's important also, but I think there's way too many rules regarding the quarterback. Like the quarterback yeah. is playing football too. So, like, <laughs> Seriously. You just not allowed to hit him anymore. So kind of makes it hard on like people that are like rushing the passer because you won't know like if he's going to release the ball or not but if he releases it and you like hit him still like that's going to be a penalty even if like the guy doesn't get hurt or even if the hit wasn't that bad like I don't know it's just yeah way too many rules I think now but I mean I guess it's for the greater the greater good yeah even with the diving or the the quarterbacks like sliding you can't go down. Yeah. You can't even try attempt to them. So like that's an easy two to three extra yards. And if you're going yeah. for like a, for a first down on like third, you know, like that's like those inches matter. And you yeah. now yeah. you just have to back away and just let them slide. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah. Like, I think the quarterbacks are like getting hit to the rules too because I think now, like you know, when a quarterback is is running and you can tell that he's going to run out of bounds. So the the defender will kind of let him run out. I yeah. feel like he'll sometimes he'll like lower his shoulder and like hit you when you're not even expecting it. Because I've seen like a few highlights of quarterbacks like running through defensive backs because the defensive back thought he was going out of bounds, but like he was just trying to not get a penalty. But yeah. the quarterback knew that he was going to be soft on him, so he went ahead and lowered his shoulder into him. And now it just makes the quarterback seem like he's so strong and. <laughs> yeah. they could take advantage of the rules i guess yeah, yeah that's true yeah like that you could probably go pretend like you're going to run out of bounds and then just stop, stop up at the sidelines and get a few extra yards because people are not they're not charging through the sideline hit exactly. or just getting in your way so I, yeah. I don't know it's yeah a lot of rules that get excessive but i guess they know what they're doing there yeah yeah um so yeah, great conversation. We we uh, are kind of rooting for you to to make it to the Olympics, get that uh, yeah. brother sister duo. Um, Appreciate it. Excited to to see what you got also with your brand coming up, um, and just follow your kind of journey. It was a great podcast. What we do kind of at the end is a speed round. Um, right. So we got a list of questions here. The last one you can take a little bit more time on to to answer, but the first uh, few um, we're just gonna kind of send them at you. Just give us what's on the top of your head. All right, let me take my headphones out because I think they're about to die. I don't want it to die like a question. Okay, all right. Hold on a second. All right, ready. All right, so the first one might have already been answered. What's your favorite food? Pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Favorite movie or TV show? Um, Ali movie. Okay. Biggest fear. Um, regret. Oh, that's a good answer, dude. Oh, that's, that's a, a good, good answer. That hits. That's it. That's it. <laughs> if uh, if you could be another athlete other than um, a track and field athlete, what would it be? Floyd Mayweather. 
Nice. Ooh. That's a nice one. That's another good one. Uh, favorite artist? Music? Yeah. Um, Nipsey Hussle. Cool. Favorite thing to do outside of track and field? actually play basketball okay nice if you could travel to one place before you die where would it be man that's a deep question uh one place i don't know i want to go to australia nice that's a good answer for what reason like beaches i don't know it's just always seemed like it's so far away so i don't know i just wanted to see what it's like how it's different apparently it's just a warm Canada. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I've never yeah. been to Canada either. Come. It's freezing. No. I want to go to Canada. Dude, it's cold, man. It's cold. It's getting cold, cold but it's fun in the summer. I want to come to California or Miami. I want to go. Yeah. All right. Last one. Um, you can take a little longer here. If you could say one thing to your younger self, um, what would it be and why? Um, I'll probably tell them to stay focused um you know don't just go with the crowd uh think for yourself um i mean these are you asked for one thing but i guess i'm giving like multiple sure, things go for it, man. Um, it's all on the same lines just kind of just stay focused on you know reaching your goals um but don't stress out about them um you know stay calm and confident and you know everything's gonna everything's gonna come nice that's great that's awesome awesome well that's it for the speed round um and the podcast as we said um shopmvm.com is um devin's brand uh make sure to check it out great meeting great message i really resonate with it yeah um and i feel like a lot more people will as well um anything else you kind of want to give a shout out to uh shout out to y'all for having me i appreciate y'all having the conversation with me um it was fun um i can't wait till it comes out thank Thank you you. we'll definitely keep in touch we'll let you know when it's uh released and we're definitely gonna follow your journey sounds good i appreciate it thank Thank you you, bro have a good good one. one all right you too see ya